My sermon this morning is going to be about why God made you. You may have found yourself at times wondering, what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? What, you know, what meaning does my life have? Do I have a purpose? Well, I'm here to tell you that God never makes anything without a purpose. The very fact that you are living and breathing means that God has a purpose for you. He created you. You might say, well, that sounds nice, but how do I know my purpose? How do I find my purpose? Well, if you want to know your purpose in life, you've got to look to the source, and you've got to look to God. Now, if I held up an invention here, if I had some kind of device, you may not know what this thing is for. How would you find out? Well, there's a couple ways. You could talk to the inventor. You could say, you know, go find out who that person was who invented this thing, and they could explain it to you. Or another way is you could actually read the owner's manual, right? So if you want to know what you are here for, A, you've got to talk to your inventor, the creator, God, or B, read his owner's manual, which is the Bible. Excellent. So let's go to our first verse of reference here, and if we can uh, pull up Ephesians chapter 1, and verses 11 through 12. It says, In him we also were chosen, predestined according to his plan. He keeps working out all things according to the purpose of his will, so that we, who were first to put our hope in Messiah, might be for his glorious praise. You see, we were chosen. It is the Messiah who we are and what we are living for. We are here for his praise. We are here for his praise and for his enjoyment. And the follow-up verse to that is Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, which says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, the seen and the unseen, whether throngs or angelic powers or rulers or authorities, all was created through him and for him. Let me tell you, you were actually made to last forever. This life on earth, this physical body that we have, it's not going to last. As you know, this body is deteriorating. And as you get older, you get more aches and pains and, you know, and can't move quite as fast and such like that. You know, one day your heart is going to stop beating. But this life is just preparation for the next. Most of your life is eternity. Most of your life is with God. This is just preschool. This is kind of just like kindergarten. You're kind of training. It's like you've got the training wheels on now before you actually can ride the bike. So, I said, we're going to talk about why God made you. What is your purpose here? What, what is your purpose on earth and what is your purpose in life? Your number one purpose is God planned me for his pleasure. You and I, God planned me and us for our pleasure, for his pleasure, pleasure, excuse me. God created you just to love you. The Bible says God is love. That is the reason you are able to love yourself, because it says you were made in his image. The only way you're able to love other people is because you have that example that God has created and that example that God is love. God created each of us for his pleasure. In Revelation, it says, the Bible says, 
everything was created for his pleasure. In Psalm 149, verse 4, it says, the Lord takes pleasure in his people. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. Everything was created for his pleasure. Parents, do you take pleasure in your children? Well, maybe most of the time, right? <laughs> and grandchildren, too. Well, you know, God gets pleasure in watching you being you. Some people think that God is only happy with them when they're doing something spiritual or something religious, when you're acting very pious and acting very good. But God takes pleasure in you being you. Have you ever watched your children when they're sleeping? Now, I can especially associate this with grandchildren, you know, because they're little right now in my life. And, uh, but, they, you know, they can run around with this tremendous energy and just, like, just wear you out all day. And it's like, finally, at 8 o'clock, they're in bed, and it's quiet, and it's silent. And you look at them, and they look at them, they're just like such little angels sleeping there. But even though they were running around just an hour before like crazy, God looks at you the same way. He loves you when you're running around like crazy, and he loves you when you're, you're sleeping like a little angel, too. Ephesians, in verse 1, chapter 4, it says, He chose us in the Messiah before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Does that read right? Is it to be holy and blameless before him in love? Yes, little old you. Before foundations of the earth, God had each of us in mind. Before he made all that other stuff, whether it's mountains, oceans, trees, clouds, all that stuff, it says he thought of us. So God wants you to know him, and God wants you to love him back. The Bible calls this worship. When we're having that loving relationship with him, when we love God back, that's what's worship. That's worshiping. Yeshua was asked, what's the most important commandment? And I think you all know what the answer is. He said, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. We recite it every Shabbat. He said that's the most important commandment, to love God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. He wants that relationship. He made you for the purpose because he you give him pleasure. He loves you. And we are to love him back. Hosea, in verse 6 of chapter 6, says, For I delight in covenant love and not sacrifice, knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. God is saying here, I don't want your sacrifices. I want you. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. Sacrifices and offerings are important, but I want you. I want a relationship with you. I want a relevant relationship. I want your love. I want you to know me. God created you to know him and to love him back. This is your first purpose. He created you because he wants a relationship with you. Every day, I want to know him a little bit better. I want to love him a little bit more. 1 Timothy in chapter 6, verses 20 and 21 says, and this is the Apostle Shaul saying to Timothy, he says, O Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you. 
turning away from pointless chatter and the contradictions of so-called knowledge by professing it. Some have missed the mark concerning the faith. See, some people miss the most important things in life. They don't know God. They know everything else. They talk all around God. They talk about this. They talk about this. They talk about that. They know the latest sports scores. They know who won on American Idol. They know who's on the cover of People magazine. But they don't know God. They don't know Him. When you put these things first before God, it gets in the way of knowing Him. When you worry, when you worry, you act like God doesn't exist. You act like it is all your responsibility. In some ways, you're almost acting like an, orf an orphan. Worry is almost acting like an atheist. If you're, if you're putting worry, say, I got to handle this, I got to take care of this stuff, not putting God first, not putting, depending on God, that's where the faith is. That is where the love and relationship is. So, our number one purpose is for his pleasure, for loving God. And then we go on to understanding our second purpose, and that is God formed me for his family. You see, God wanted a family. And that's, the why, that's why this whole universe exists. God thought you up before he thought up the universe. And God never meant for you to go through life alone. When you think of it, no physical family lasts forever, right? Unfortunately, people are born and people die. They come and go. But your spiritual family does live on forever. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. In his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua from the dead. Born again. You were born once physically. You were born again spiritually. Being part of God's family is a choice. A lot of people, unfortunately, opt out of that choice. But you were born once in a physical family. You were born again in God's family. You were born again through the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua from the dead. In the verse in Timothy, verse 3, I mean, chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But if I delay, I write you, I write so you may know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the community of the living God, a pillar and foundation of truth. And what I want to emphasize there is the part which says, the community of the living God, a pillar and foundation of truth. Our community is a pillar and foundation. What happens to a building with a weak foundation? It collapses, right? When you don't have the support of God's family, you're not going to make it through the tough times in life. We are made to be a family. That's why we have Chavaraz. That's why we have Torah studies together. That's why we have Oneg and fellowship. We worship together on Shabbat. We have all these things available here at Tikvat Israel. I encourage you to avail yourselves to be a part of 
the community, not just to come on Shabbat morning, but to be a part of a Havara, to stay after and be part of Oneg, to fellowship with each other. And you can even just go out in the middle of the week with somebody else from your community. Go see a movie. Go out and have a hamburger together. Get together and pray, whatever. Be a family. Be a spiritual family. Strengthen, build each other up. So our second purpose is that God has created me to love others. Love each other. And the place to do that is in God's family. You're not going to learn how to love in business. Business is business. You're not going to learn how to love in school. God wants you to learn to love real people. And by means, when I say real people, it's not so easy where there is a choice. Romans chapter 12 and verse 5 says, So we who are many are one body and Messiah, and everyone parts of one another. You see, we belong to each other. Each one of us needs all the others. Fellowship and learn to love other people in the family of God. And that comes to our third purpose. God created me to become like Yeshua. You see, God wants you to grow up spiritually. God wants you to learn to think like Yeshua, to act like Yeshua, and to value like Yeshua. God is far more interested in who you are than in what you do. What job should I have? Where should I go to school? You see, you're not taking your career with you when you go to heaven. You're not taking your car to heaven. You're not taking your stuff. But you do take your character. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That's the amazing thing about God. You see, Yeshua is king, but yet he was a servant. Yeshua is fully God, yet it says he's our brother. That's why the Bible says we are joint heirs with the Messiah. He was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. It goes on to say in Colossians, in chapter 1, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, the image of the invisible God. He is Ben Elohim, the son of the living God. Now, you and I are not a God. New Age teaching wants to say that you are a God or can become a God. And new, unfortunately, New Age teaching is really old lie teaching. See, Abba, our Father, he wants you to become godly, not God. He wants to become godly. Why is this happening? To make you like Yeshua, that is to conforming in his image. Were there times when Yeshua experienced loneliness? Yes. Was, was he ever disappointed? Yes. Did he become angry? Yes. Was he ever tempted? Oh, yeah. Did he experience grief? Yes. See, God is more interested in your character than your comfort. Philippians 2, verse 5 says, 
have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Messiah Yeshua. It says you must think and act like Yeshua. But what is Yeshua like? How do we know what Yeshua is like? Well, by reading God's Word. In particular, the description we see in Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. First one, love. It's easy to love the lovable. Not so easy to love those who are difficult or who irritate you. And joy. Happiness is temporary and circumstantial, but joy is eternal and internal. You can learn joy in the midst of tra tra tragedy or adversity. Believe me, I've experienced that. How do you learn patience? By testing it. If you pray for Lord, you know, I, I need more patience. Guess what? You're going to probably have to develop some real, real strong patience. You're going to be in situations where you're going to have to be patient. Anybody can be, you know, have patience in, in easy situations, but testing it, that makes the difference. Anybody can have peace in the middle of a vacation, relaxing on the beach, or fly fishing on a beautiful stream up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. But real fruit is knowing peace in the midst of chaos. How does God teach you patience? Traffic jams, doctor's offices, DMV office. Have you ever been in a hurry and God's not? You're in God's waiting room. If you had no problems, if you got every prayer instantly answered, you would have learned nothing. You would think it is all about you, but it is not. It's all about God and the others around you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. What does God do to make you more like Shua? He uses truth, he uses trials, he uses trouble, he uses temptations. Temptations is one. Temptations, temptation is just a choice. If you choose a bad choice, you're defeated. If you choose good, you grow. You grow more like Yeshua. Every problem has a purpose. So our third purpose is to become more like Yeshua. And that means to grow up spiritually. One of the biggest problems today is people tend to be shallow. People tend to not want to grow up. We so easily become a, a nation of spiritual babies. But growing up in Yeshua, that's where we get strength. What's where we get strength in our lives? Decide for yourselves right now if you're going to give the rest of your life to God and his kingdom. Because you are no accident that you are here. God knows what you are going through. He knows when you have fears. He knows when you have frustrations. He knows when you're lonely. There has got to be a better way to live, and there is 
living for the purposes that God created you for. Live it, embrace it, and give yourself to him. Yeshua himself invites you to embrace your purpose. He says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's saying, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? He says, well, come to me for real rest, and you'll recover your life, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He wants to give you relationship, not religion. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Acts 10 verse 35 says, In every nation the one who fears him and does what is right and is acceptable to him. That is what the revelation to Peter was with the centurion Cornelius. doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. God is there for you. God wants you. He wants you to worship him. He wants to fellowship with you, and, and he wants you to fellowship with the spiritual family. And he wants, you, he wants you to be discipled. He wants you to be more like Yeshua, to become more like